either in or you're out. Welcome to the ins and outs of selling a business featuring Keith D, a presentation of Osage Advisors. Well, welcome back to the ins and outs of selling a business featuring Keith D. My name is David Yaz. I'm the CEO of the Boston Podcast Network and your host, just to tee up some questions for our expert here, who, of course, per usual, is the president and CEO of Osage Advisors, Keith D. You've been extremely busy, right? 2021 was the busiest year ever for Osage Advisors, and I'm focusing more on the what I call the the lower um, end of the middle market, which are mainly family and close sale companies. The activity level has has just been immense and good news for business owners. So the activity is there. The interest is there. Today, we're going to talk about the things that business sellers need to do before they pick up the phone to speak to a potential buyer. You're going to get a lot of attention if you try, if you decide, you know, to sell or when you decide, which kind of leads into, you know, the conversation, which I appreciate you, you know, bringing this whole thing up mm-hmm. is like, why would you pick up the phone? When you're not ready, enter into a conversation. You're dealing with all these issues we just talked about. Mainly, number one is your, your people, right? Their health and safety and, and not being at work because of their, they're out. No matter what precautions you take, it's just inevitable. It's everywhere, right? People are getting sick. And then you're trying to get, you're, you're uh, trying to get product in a door so you can finish something and bill for it and sell it. Why would you pick up the phone? Someone wants to buy your, and add another element of stress to your life until you're ready to make that decision. A buddy of mine used the analogy, why would you get in a car with someone you don't know to take you to the most important meeting, one of the most important meetings of your life, and you're not sure how they know how to get there? (laughs) Right. Right? Right. Why would you do that? Versus you getting in the car, knowing exactly how you want to get there and controlling the environment. So before you pick up the, and business owners know there's activity. Everybody, you know, everybody's smart. Everybody knows what's going on and they think they can do it. They, they say, well, I'll have a conversation, see where it goes. Well, as soon as you pick up that phone, you're now at a disadvantage because the buyer has a plan. They probably have made multiple acquisitions. They're very sophisticated. They know what they're doing. They know how to squeeze that lemon down and they're now in the driver's seat. And you're along for the ride. You don't think you're along for the ride, but you are along for the ride in a lot of ways because they're kind of driving the process and they shouldn't be driving the process. After 20, 30, 40 years in business, whether it's multi-generational or you're first, first, first generation business owner, you should be driving the process and doing it the way that you want to do it to ultimately find the right buyer who's the right fit for your business. So before you pick up the phone, you have to kind of think back a little bit. I mean, it's almost like take a piece of paper out. And why am I thinking of selling? What are my goals and objectives for selling? And where do I want to be at the end of the sales process? Right? I mean, do I want to be just work for a few months and retire? Do I want to stay on in a consulting or a management role or and, and work for a couple, three years with, with the new owners? Do I want to stay? Do I want to stay in it? Do I want to roll some equity? Do I want to bring in a partner relationship? And do I want to be in a position where I have an equity interest, but I've diversified my 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 biggest asset? Now I've 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 taken care of my family. I've taken a lot of stress out of my life. I the leverage risk I have on myself and my family through maybe a, a personal guarantees with the banks, but I still have a piece of the pie, and I have a new ownership group that bring a lot of value and assets. 
to the table that can help me grow this to the next level. And I can enjoy and focus on the things that I'm really like to do where I am in my career. So by, by not doing that, by letting someone else drive it, you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know the market. You don't know, you know, where valuations are. You may have an idea. Values are different for, you know, different buyers. Values are not a beholder. And given the fact that we talked about earlier that the market is at all time, almost at all time high in valuations for lower middle family close shell companies, finding that buyer that sees that extra value, I'm not just talking about price. You know, I'm talking about that they get it. Mm-hmm. They see what you've done. They see what you built. They see how you manage. You, they look at your the value you have on your, the people that you work with that got you are today. And they are all in, right? Versus someone coming in and dictating how things are going to work. And they're going to do it this way or the highway, right? And it's like, and blow it apart. So they give me, so, so our last three deals we did, Mm. we didn't, our clients did not take the highest price, Mm. right? They, they took the best buyer that fit what they wanted to do long-term and they got excited about it because when they, when when the world opened up and they, and they talk to these potential buyers and they look what their past history is and success, they look what the kind of, what they're bringing to the table, not just in dollars, but in, 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 in people and process and, and, and opening doors, a gamut of things. They, they said, wow, now this is interesting. So here you are, you're at the, you know, you're at the 10 yard line, the one yard line from the football analogy. Mm-hmm. And you got to have that, ne- that next level of effort to get you there. Because if you get a situation, in my opinion, where one, you're not represented, whether it be with a banker like uh, Osage Advisors or your attorney, accountant, et cetera, and you're dealing one-on-one with a very sophisticated buyer, you're leaving yourself open to a number of issues that will co- could come back during due diligence that would get the buyer to say, Hey, we didn't really understand this. So based on this, we want to adjust the price to here, et cetera, et cetera. Those kind of conversations are really hard and sometimes need to be made because of the environment, but you know, you want to have a, be in a position that all that is kind of laid out. A map is laid out prior to getting due diligence. Everybody's on the same page. So if you're in a position where they, in, in, in the trade, we call it, you know, retrading the deal right? Mm -hmm. That's not a good thing. Now, and a buyer who's, you know, all of a sudden, we start to question whether or not this is the right decision. Did I do the right buyer? Is the right? And so you want to take that, you want to take that doubt out of your mind. So you need to be prepared. You need to kind of understand, again, we've had this conversation, I think the first podcast is sit down with your tax accountant, understand the tax implications to make sure you're, if you're doing any uh, uh, state and trust work, make all sure that's all up to date and done uh, or almost done or prior to signing any kind of letter of intent, talk to your wealth management professionals about what you really need to sell for to make it make sense to you. Those are just basic foundation questions you need to ask yourself. Am, am I prepared? Do I know my tax implication? How's my, how's my, do I have money to live on after I, after I sell the company? Are, are the, all the, the charitable giving, the things for my grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. Are those all set up, right? And do I have the right pre- res- representation? And that means that's a, that's a, everybody should, it's a very sophisticated, it's not like it was 40 years ago or 30 years ago, where you had a company and you thought about selling 
and you okay who's the buyer and you can you look at i know these you know half dozen guys or uh, or families that i dealt with our families dealt with all the years we see them at trade shows we you know we've been out to uh, dinner together broken bread and you sit across the table and say okay let's do a deal right those days are gone i mean those that comp- competitive buyer is still there but they're not the best buyer usually i mean in every situation we've done in the last i don't know how many years the main competitors never never coming in with the best price or best fit because they they think they know your all your issues and your warts and so but today's market is is that there's i think there was a thousand private equity funds about two, the year 2000 plus or minus now there's like 4000 private equity funds there's funds that are a half billion dollars there's funds that are a billion dollars there's funds that are more than that and they own multiple platform investments, multiple companies are looking for acquisitions and they have a, they have a mantra. They have a, they have a job to do. We need to invest this money. And so they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to call, they're going to call folks like us, investment banking, M&A folks. They're going to call business owners directly. And they've gotten very sophisticated at that. So from a, from a, from a seller perspective, it was kind of like, you know, Mika Brzezinski on morning, Joe, know your value right? Mm-hmm. You need to kind of know your value before you get on the phone. And it's, it's not just the value of, of, of the price. It's all things total. It's the value of what you bring to the table. It's the value of your people. It's the value of the culture created, your community investment. All those things have to be part of that decision-making process. So you owe it to yourself to test the market if you decide to go to market. And by investing that time with the right representation, you're going to hear through a process like Osage runs, you're going to hear what the market likes, what they don't like. But, you know, it, our job is to deliver you, you know, you, is everything else. You want to have choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, as your business owner, do you go to the same vendor every single time and don't, and, and, and don't negotiate with price? If I'm buying this, you know, widget from this guy or this woman, every, do you just say, hey, just send me this, send me this? No, you have, you hired somebody. You have a purchasing agent. And her, his, her job is to go get the best price, right? And mm-hmm. if you're just going to say, oh, okay, just send it to me, right? That's not the same thing with your business. You just don't say, okay, that works for me. You need to negotiate. You need to, be, you need to have options to choose what works for you. And then on top of that, before you make that final decision, which is your decision, business owner's decision, you need to stress test the buyer with the help of your advisors. Make sure, one, certainty of close. They have the capabilities to do the deal. They've done deals in the past. You need to interview owners who sold their businesses or are currently working with the business as, as, as portfolio companies they may own. You want to talk to people. Hey, how's it working with these guys? Did, you, know, you sold the company two years ago. You're still there. Are you having fun? I mean, what things should I be concerned about? And if the buyer doesn't want you to talk to some of the people they acquired, it should be a major red flag. The intensity of the interest level. I mean, we typically get anywhere between eight and 12 bids per deal. And we bring in a handful of parties to meet with the owner, right? The last three or four deals, we're, 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 we're getting 19 bids, 20 bids, 25 bids. Just, just a sense of the market, you know, where it is right now. And then it's our job on behalf of the owner to kind of filter out the noise. So what I'm saying is the demand, the valuations are up. There's plenty of money chasing deals. As an owner, give yourself a break before you pick up that phone. Just kind of sit back and think about what's important to you. 
And are my financials ready? I just got to go. You go through that checklist because those things are going to come up. Keith, and then, what, sorry to interrupt you. Just if uh, this is an appropriate time, I'm wondering what what at what point in the process should they pick up the phone and call you when the when they first start to see those letters? You can be of guidance, or when do you typically well, come in? Well, we we come in various stages. I'll give you a couple. So one, we get referred in by an accountant, an attorney, a wealth management professional. Said, so I have a client. They're thinking about selling. Can you meet with them? And then we'll sit down with them and we'll talk about why you think, you know, well, understanding what, why they want to meet with us. What, why, why do you want to sell? What's triggering this conversation? And, and what do you want to get out of it? What's your goal? What's your objectives? What's important to you through the transaction, which could be various different things. I want to maximize value. I want to make sure that my company stays where it is, take care of my employees. There's a number of factors, right? That's one. Two is we get calls from business owners that have that, that got calls. I got three calls this week from, from these three different equity funds wanting to have a conversation with me. And I'm thinking that you know, maybe now's a good time. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about, about the market. And the third one, which is uh, you know, one that's, which is, 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 is you know, somewhat heartbreaking to me is when a business owner calls and says, look, I just, my, my deal just busted. I picked up the phone. I thought these guys were the right, they, they, they sold me on what, what they can bring to the table. I got in, I got into an L letter of intent with them. I went through due diligence and at the end of the day, I just didn't feel good about it. I did mm. something was missing and I didn't, you know, kicking myself because I didn't give myself any options here. And I just, you know, so I, you know, I, I broke the deal. I, I, I just didn't sign. I just, it wasn't for me. I wasn't about to do this and I moved on. So we're seeing a lot more of that right now. I mean, we, I mean, and you gotta be careful because it is really tricky when you're talking to a buyer and there's a lot of great buyers out there. Okay. But there's sometimes, but you know, you're as a seller, sometimes your, your direction, your motivation changes and you make a decision. I'm not going to do this. The buyers are the same thing. You know, they're coming up and they're doing due diligence and they're building this, you know, this profile and they're looking at the profile. So they're paying a higher value and they say, okay, is this something that I want to do? And there may be something around the corner. That's a better deal. And they just walk away and keep on do and do that deal. We've had that happen. They literally stopped. And so that way we decided we're not going to do this. We're going to move on to a bigger deal that we like better. And you're like, you're sitting there and you invested this money with your accountant, with your attorney. And it's not, we're not talking small dollars. You're, you're talking maybe 50, hundred grand or more environmental. All of a sudden you got 200,000 into this and the, the buyer walks away and you're like, what just happened? And plus time and they just dragged along. So at least busted deals where you business owners walk in to their lawyers with a signed letter of intent, help me out. Well, how can I help you out? You signed a letter of intent. And what do you want me to negotiate? I can't negotiate. Now you already signed it, right? So we've seen, we've had a couple conversations recently with deals that fell apart for various reasons, whether it could be they just didn't have faith in the management team or they decided they had a better deal to work on, right? So, which to me is very disturbing to a business owner, someone who's put all that time and effort into something. So those are like, you know, the kind of three things that, you know, where we're seeing it come from right now. And we have one or someone that's not properly, they've come to us and said, we went through somebody and there's a friend that had somebody and it's not like it's like over a couple week process. They went to a friend and friend and friend. They had that conversation September 1st. Now here we are, January, January, 2022. And I just lost five months out of my life 
and I'm not 62 now. Now I'm 63, and I'm and I'm stressed out because I thought I had something here, and now I don't. Right. So before you pick up the phone, you really got to think about what's best for you and your family, and what things are important. And am I do I have my do I have my checklist? Do I have my ducks in a row? Am I ready? And test them mark. Don't just take that phone call. If someone's calling you, that means there's 50 other people that are going to call would call you as well. That's how the market is right now. If one you get one phone call and you pick up the phone for one, you've gotten 50 phone calls. You're getting text messages. You're getting emails. You're getting voicemails. You're getting letters. Believe me, if you were to go to market today and you were a and it's it's industry agnostic, almost every industry right now. I mean, believe it or not, restaurant, multi-chain restaurants, I mean, who, who wouldn't even think about a restaurant deal? Right. If you read some of the trade magazines, there's a lot of money being raised right now to go after restaurant deals, which were dead because of the pandemic, because no one was going, right? They're still pretty, so, they're still pretty empty. It is. Yeah. But, if you, but you know, there's funds being raised because they're anticipating a change. Right. Right. So it, it's a broad-based market. For, for business owners right now. I mean, for any industries right now, any business owner in any industry. I mean, you name it. They are looking for, the money is flowing out. They're looking for deals. So from a business owner perspective, it's, it's all about not just testing the market, but also finding the right buyer, the right fit that works for you and your family. And the only way to do that is to talk to multiple buyers at the same time, through through a controlled process, so you're controlling it. Like I, when I said at the beginning, you take the wheel, you drive. The, our job as Osage is to drive drive that process based on your goals and objectives. So you're we are leading. We are we are we are dictating the process that works for our for our for our clients. And as a business owner, that means that you're driving. You're driving. You're driving. And you've taken the wheel. You're driving it. That works for you versus getting in the car with somebody else taking you to God knows where (laughs) and God knows what end. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So just to kind of wrap it up is, is that, is that, as we said, it's a, the 2022 is off to a, you know, great start or only a couple weeks into it, but all indications are it's going to continue. Now we could have some event you know, that could change that any day, but you know, it, uh, right now we're all, everything's lining up to be a strong market in 2022 and owners of companies who are thinking about selling should have a conversation with their trusted advisors about what is the best approach to go about it. You only get one shot. And you know, when you're selling your company, there's no, there's no redos, there's no mulligans. So people come in, they're, they're dangling a check for 10 million, 20 million, $30 million. And you think that's great. But is that the right value? We've had a couple deals recently where the disparity between the low bid and the high bid was like $40 million. Mm. And another deal where the, the, the disparity between the low bid and the high bid was like $6.5 million. So if you're picking up the phone with a reputable fund, but they have, a, they, have a, they, have, you know, they have their own way of doing things, right? They're going to come in. This is, where we, this is where we're comfortable buying. This is where we see our returns. And, and you pick up that phone with them and you do that deal with them. And then you realize three months later, six months, a year later that I left some money on the table. 
you don't get a redo. It's done. So you owe it to yourself to test the market, to maximize the value, to, to find the right buyers, the right fit. And through working with the reputable banker like Osage, you're going to know what the market's willing to pay. You're going to see the range of values. And then you can make an informed decision without knowing the value, without, let them, without having the market dictate value through a process. You're never really going to know that I get the right value for my company. And by not doing so, leaving $5 million on the table, $10 million on the table, $40 million on the table, that's generational type money. Maybe not for you. You don't need it, but funding your grandkids' education, your great-grandkids' education, and so on and so on, it's generational type money. So by testing the market, you're going to know. You can make a decision and pick the right buyer. Like I said earlier, you may not take the highest price, but at least where you are in the range that's the right fit. And by the way, in a competitive process, if that second or third buyer is the one you want to work with and you got a higher price, you now can negotiate with them because they know they're competing. You say, look, I love you guys. I want to work with you guys, but you got to raise your price. You got to come in with an extra 10% and we got a deal, right? By not, by not doing that, by not putting your position to negotiate, then you are putting yourself in a position where you'll never know really, did I get the right number for my company or the right buyer? And of course, a good place to start is to get in touch with Keith himself. So, Keith, if you wouldn't mind letting our listeners know, remind them where to find you. Sure. Thank you, David. My name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Uh, you can contact me on our website at osageadvisors.com. Uh, email me at kdee at osageadvisors.com or feel free to give me a call anytime at 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Thank you, Keith. And we look forward to the multitude of topics you'll cover in 2022. You got to keep us updated on this industry because, as you said, things could change. Who knows? So thanks very much. If you like this podcast, please follow it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. And we thank you for listening to the ins and outs of selling a business.